everyone. It's lovely to see everyone's beautiful faces this morning. Before we read God's word, um, let's pray again. Living God, help us so to hear your holy word that we may truly understand, that understanding we may believe and believing we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honour and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's reading comes from the first letter of Peter, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. This is God's word. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see all of you here again. The Lord be with you, and those who are joining us online, the Lord be with you as well. Um, we continue with our study of First Peter. If you have your Bible with you, uh, please turn to chapter 3, uh, to verse 1. <clears throat> verse 1 begins with these words, uh, wives, some, wives in the same way, Submit yourselves to your own husband. Now, today the idea of wives submitting to their husbands is viewed as a dangerous teaching. A teaching that allows men to manipulate and exploit women. And the world through the feminist movement has therefore discredited the Christian view of marriage as out of date, and out of steps with the rights of women to equality. So how do we as Christians respond to this charge? And as Christians, I think we need to firstly acknowledge that some men have used this teaching to belittle and abuse their wives. And so we need to repent of this, and we need to ensure that this teaching is not misinterpreted and it is not wrongly applied. Secondly, we also need to acknowledge that the feminist movement have, has brought about good reforms for women. For example, women's right to vote, a women's right to be paid the same salary as a man for doing the same job, and women's right to be saved from sexual harassment. So these are the good things that have, been, that have come about uh, through this feminist movement. 
However, we must refute uh, the feminist charge that the Christian call to wives submitting to their husband is dangerous and evil. We must explain what Christian submission means and what it does not mean. You see, submission to husbands is not a way for men to oppress their wives. It is not a justification for husbands to assert their male superiority over women. And so we need to explain to our unbelieving friends that there are different but complementary roles for husbands and for wives in marriage. And when these rules are, I mean, these roles are properly observed, marriages will be strengthened, leading to stable families, and this in turn will be good for the society. So I hope our study this morning will help us live out the different roles of husbands and wives so that the world can see that the Christian view of marriage is indeed the right one for our society. So when Paul asked, uh, sorry, when Peter asked wives to submit themselves to their husband, he is continuing the application of the biblical principle of submission that he has laid out earlier in chapter 2. And you may remember that in chapter 2, he explained to us that the biblical principle of submission is that all Christians are to submit themselves to every human authority for the Lord's sake. This is because every human authority has been ordained by God and all human authority are under the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So, Therefore, our submission to human authority is our obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. So whether it is the government officials or our employers, we are to respect and we are to obey the authority that they have over us. So that means to disobey human authority is to disobey the Lord Jesus Christ. Unless there is a conflict between human authority and Jesus' authority, in which case we must obey God rather than human beings. Now, Peter <clears throat> applies this biblical principle of submission to the authority in the home. Now, in Ancient Greco-Roman society, the husband is the authority in the household. But Peter is not appealing to the pattern in society. Rather, he is calling on Christian wives to submit to their husbands in the same way as slaves submit to their masters. And what is this same way? It is out of reverence for God. You see, it is God who has put the husband as head in the marriage. The headship of the husband is not an idea that the ancient culture came up with. No, the idea came from God. It was rooted in creation. And in Genesis, we learn that in the beginning, God made man and woman as equal. But God put Adam as head over Eve, not because Eve was inferior, but because 
of the economy of labor. And you know, in the economy of labor, you find that when equals are working together, there has to be a leader to direct the work. Otherwise, work uh, would not get done and there would be disunity. So, for the economy of labor, yes, God appointed Adam over Eve, man over woman. But there is another reason why husbands are made head in marriage. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we are told that marriage points us to the union of Christ and the church. And the husband is to take on the role of Christ, and the wife is to take on the role of the church. So wives are called to submit to the spiritual leadership of their husbands, not because women are not capable of leadership. No, it is because the church submits to Christ, who is the head of the church. And husbands are to give themselves up for their wives, not because husbands are dispensable. No, it is because Christ gave his life for the church. So when we see marriage as a picture, uh, as a pointer to Christ and the church, we can see why marriage is between male and female, and we can see why husbands and wives have different roles in marriage. Now, we are not talking about the different biological roles that husband and wives play in marriage. Neither are we talking about the economic roles because we know that some wives earn more than their husbands. So what we are talking here is, and what the Bible is talking about, the different roles is, relates to spiritual things. It's the different spiritual roles of husbands and wives. And when both husband and wife uh, play their spiritual roles, uh, there will be growth in holiness growth in sanctification, and both will grow to be more and more like Christ. So let us be clear what Peter is not saying when he asks wives to submit themselves to their husbands. I think Peter does not mean that wives are to submit to other husbands as well. No, they are only to submit to their own husbands. So they there is no, no, no biblical ground for males to assert dominance over females. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, Peter does not mean for wives to agree with their husbands all the time. It does not mean that uh, wives cannot give their differing opinion. Now, submission does not mean that if the husband asks you to do something against your conscience or ask you to sin, you must, or you must do it. No. And it does not mean that if your husband asks you to give up your faith, you are to listen to him. That's again, no. And it does not mean that if he abuses you physically or verbally, you must uh, remain quiet about it. Not at all, because... Domestic violence is a crime and you should report him to the authorities. Now, if submission does not mean all the negative things we have said, what then does Peter mean 
for wives to submit to their husbands. And I think the key to understand submission is in the phrase, in the same way, in the same way. See, Peter says wives are to submit to their husbands in the same way as slaves obey their masters that, that Peter already explained earlier in chapter 2. And so this is, uh, in the same way, means it is out of reverence to God. But submission is also to be offered in the same way as Jesus obeyed the Father to go to the cross to redeem us and bring us to God. Again, he made reference to that, that we are to follow in Jesus' footsteps as he went to the cross in obedience to the Father in order to bring salvation to us, in order to bring us back to God. So if we understand this in the same way, so Peter is trying to tell us that based on Jesus' example, Peter now lays down a, a principle for wives to submit to their husband. And it is for the purpose of promoting godliness in the, man, in the marriage. So if the husband is a Christian, then the wife's submission to the husband, to his spiritual leadership, is to bring about holiness in the marriage, is to bring about God of sanctification in the marriage, so that both parties may grow in Christ-likeness. Now, however, if the husband is an unbeliever, the wife's submission is in the hope of bringing the husband to faith in Christ Jesus. Not just through words, spoken words, but through her lifestyle as well. So, the full sentence of verses 1 and 2 tells us this purpose of the wife's submission if her husband is an unbeliever. He says, Wives, um, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, that means if any of them are not believers, do not believe the gospel, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence in their lives. So you can imagine a household where the wife is a believer and the husband a non-believer. And the wife has been sharing the word of God, sharing the gospel with the husband. But the husband is not interested. Uh, he might even show antagonism towards uh, Christianity. And the husband may begin to um, mock Christianity. And he begins to be rude to his wife. And perhaps angry at his wife's commitment to the church. So what should the wife do? So Peter's advice to the wife is that she should stop talking about the gospel for the moment, silently submit to her husband, not by, by not responding tit for tat. In other words, if the husband is angry with her, don't be angry back at the husband. Okay? So don't repay her husband's um, uh, evil for evil. So if the husband 
is rude, don't respond with disrespect. And if the husband is angry, don't get angry at the husband and don't nag at the husband. So instead, Peter says, the wife is to repay the husband with kindness. She is to continue making his morning coffee, cooks his dinner, attends to his needs. And so by her loving actions, she bears witness to her husband of the truth of the gospel. And the husband, seeing the wife's love and her reverence for God, will be won over for Christ. And so Peter says, this is the way to do evangelism at home. And too often we talk too much about the gospel, but we fail to live it out. And so we leave a credibility gap when we don't walk the talk. So when our actions don't match our words, so people um, may be skeptical about our message. But Peter is telling wives with unbelieving husbands that they can do effective evangelism at home by not just talking, but more importantly, by living out the gospel, by actions, by loving actions, and living out the gospel. But what does living out the gospel look like for the wives? So Peter tells us in verses 3 and 4, says, uh, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So Peter is saying that to live out the gospel is to display the beauty of the inner person that has been transformed by Christ. But today, like in the ancient time of Peter, there is an obsession with the beauty of the outer person. We are fixated on the outward appearance. And the beauty industry is a billion-dollar industry. And thanks to the influencers on social medias and the celebrities on TVs and movies, they dictate what women's and young girls' beauty should look like. And sadly, this external beauty is often sensual. But Peter is saying that Christians, wives and Christian women and young girls of today, he has this message for us. Don't conform to the world's idea of beauty. Don't be pressured to dress in an ostentatious way with matching hairstyle and makeup that takes up too much time and too much money. Peter says, don't follow the world in dressing up in a provocative way. But that does not mean you cannot dress up elegantly. Of course, dress up elegantly, dress up nicely and dress up decently. But Peter wants us to know that the external beauty will fade. But there is a beauty that will not fade. 
And Peter says, it is the beauty of your soul, your spirit inside you, your inner person. It is the beauty of the inner person that will win your unbelieving husband to the things of God and to the gospel of Christ. And this is the beauty that all women and young girls ought to develop. It is the beauty, it is is the inner beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And a quiet spirit here means a humble spirit. So a quiet and a humble spirit we should strive for. So it is the same inner beauty that our Lord Jesus Christ exhibited. And in Matthew, uh, in, the, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Jesus had described himself as having a gentle and humble heart. And if you read through the Gospel, we find that Jesus is the most winsome person you will ever meet. So, my dear sisters, seek after and develop this gentle and quiet spirit. It will make you winsome. It will make you more and more Christ-like. And it will help you draw other people to God. And this will please God greatly. And that is why this spirit is of great worth in God's sight. And it is also the same spirit that was present in the holy women of the Old Testament. So look at verses 5 and 6. It reads, uh, 5 and 6, Peter says, For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. And you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. <clears throat> now, as you think of the women of the Old Testament, you, you may think of Ruth, and you may think of Esther, uh, who during adversity put their trust in God. But Peter wants us to think of Sarah when she was in a very difficult situation in Egypt with her husband, Abraham. And Abraham feared for his life and had asked Sarah to cooperate with his deception that uh, they were brothers and sisters. So Sarah displayed a gentle and quiet spirit. She put her trust in God and submitted to her husband. And she was not afraid to risk her own life. And she did the right thing to save her husband's life. And so this is the example that uh, Peter wants uh, women and wives to emulate. So, sisters in Christ, when you face difficult and challenging situations, be like Sarah. Display your inner beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit by putting your trust in God and God will bless you with the courage to do the right thing every time and not be afraid. We have been talking about 
the role of wives. Now we move to the role of husbands. Uh, Peter has this to tell husbands in verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So notice again, I'm sure you have noted that, that Peter tells husbands to treat their wives in the same way. That is to treat their wives out of reverence for God and out of their desire to follow the footsteps of Jesus. So remember, we are taking the role of Jesus and we husbands are to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And when you look at Jesus, Jesus never held himself back for the church. So we husbands must not hold ourselves back for our wives either. Now Jesus was never selfish in his love for the church. Neither should we husbands. Jesus never manipulated or abused his bride. Jesus never belittled his bride. And so we must follow his example. So in whatever ways Jesus loved his church, we husbands are to follow in his footsteps. And Peter introduces two sets of words to help us do that. The first set is be considerate. Be considerate. Peter says that our wives, in terms of physical strength, are the weaker partners. So we are therefore to be considerate to our wives. In what way? Well, in the way of protecting them. So we are to protect them. And we are also to make them secure. And security for a wife is very important in a marriage. A wife is most secure when she knows that her husband is faithful to her. And she knows that her husband will love her no matter what. And this is our responsibility as husbands. To give ourselves totally to our wives. To make her feel secure. So we must love our wives unconditionally. Even if they are not submissive to us. And we are to love our wives sacrificially. Even to the point of giving up our lives to save them. You see, when our wives know that we husbands are prepared to lay down our lives for them, they will feel secure to submit to our leadership. So in this way, when husband and wives both play their part, the marriage will grow strong. And the marriage will be a blessing to others as well as a good witness for the gospel. Now the second set of words that husbands are to take note is to treat with respect. Treat with respect. 
So we have to treat with respect our wives. The, the original Greek word that is translated respect literally means precious. So our wives are precious. So we have to treat our wives very preciously. Not like some delicate china wear, but treat them with great honor. Great honor. And so how do we treat our wives with honor? Now there was a time when honoring a wife includes opening the car door for her. Do we still do that? No? Yeah. That was many years ago. And, and there was a time when we will unload our wives' shopping from the car, right? That's honoring our wives. Or when we first serve her at the table. Nowadays, I think wives serve the husband first. Yeah. So, but there was a time when, when we do that. We honor the ladies. We honor the wives. And these practices used to be the marks of a gentleman. You heard of the word gentleman? Yeah. Sadly, the gentleman is today a rare breed of a man. But we must bring him back. Because Christian husbands are supposed to be gentlemen. You see, like Jesus, we, are, we too are to possess a gentle and quiet spirit in our inner person. And so as gentlemen, we husbands are to honor our wives by putting our wives' needs and desires above ours. But there is another reason why we should honor our wives. Peter says, we are heirs with our wives of the gracious gift of eternal life. So when husband and wife are both believers, they share the imperishable inheritance that is kept in heaven for us. And husband and wives are joint heirs with Christ in the kingdom of God. And they therefore form a solid and stable family. And in this setting, they are to pray together. And, they are, and their prayer life would flourish because nothing will hinder their prayers. Now sadly, we don't find husbands and wives praying together often enough. Or maybe not at all. Now this could be because husbands are not playing their leadership role. They are not playing their part in honoring their wives. And when husbands fail to love their wives, Peter tells us that their prayer lives will be hindered. That means that there is no desire to pray together and God may not answer their prayers. So brothers and sisters, let us put our house in order. If you are married, make sure you play your respective role in marriage so that your prayer life will not be hindered. So husbands and wives who pray together, stay together. And it is the responsibility of the husband as spiritual leader to organize this prayer. And as you pray together, you will continue to grow in holiness and you will be a blessing to the community. Now, if you are not married, you are also to have a gentle and quiet spirit like Jesus. And in this way, you use your singleness to honor the Lord 
and you use your singleness to spend time in prayer in all kinds of situations. And then you too will grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and you too will be a blessing to others. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the idea of marriage that points us to Christ's love for his people. Please forgive us when we fail to love and serve our spouse in the roles that you have ordained for husbands and wives. Help every man and woman and every couple to live according to your word. We pray for women to have a gentle and quiet spirit that helps them overcome their fears and help them to always do the right thing. And give every man, young and old, the gift of spiritual leadership so that the church will grow in holiness and the church will grow in grace. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.